0: I'm Casey, and I'm Emily, and you're listening to a sprinkle of sugar a dash of murder, a true crime podcast with an element of baking. Yeah, oh, and <laughs> this week it's you. Yes, this week I am talking. This never happens. This has only ever happened two other times. Yeah, in our almost sixty episodes. Woohoo! It's a crazy. F- it's a fun. Rare switch up.
1: <laughs> what was I trying yeah. to
0: say? <laughs> it is a fun, rare switch-up. Um, so, Emily, you're doing The Bake this week. Yes. Tell us about it.
1: Um. So, Casey is going to tell us about Bonnie and Clyde this week. You've probably heard of them. Um, <laughs> you know, the famous outlaw couple. So, outlaws are kind of like, you know, cowboys, kind of Wild West. So... Mm. I found a recipe for cowboy beans, um, which is the recipe has obviously baked beans. You can use whichever ones you prefer Um, with bacon, smoked applewood, bacon, um, onion and ground beef and um, cheese, whatever cheese you prefer to go on top of that. And, Also, this recipe has a cup of brown sugar and ketchup in it, too. So, a lot of different things, but it looked really good. Um, (laughs) That actually sounds really good. And it's called, uh, yeah, cowboy beans. So, yum.
0: You know, I make meat, like meatballs that have um, that brown sugar and ketchup with some Worcestershire sauce um, (laughs) as the sauce. And so it, make, it makes it taste like barbecue. Like it's really yeah. good.
1: I put that like, um, brown sugar and ketchup glaze on my meatloaf and it tastes so mm, good.
0: So. Yeah. I So like it almost sounds like barbecue chili. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of what it sounded like to me because it has the ground beef and the beans and the onions. Yeah, But then you got that brown sugar and um, ketchup. That made my mouth water. That sounds really good.
1: <laughs> dinner t- have it for dinner tonight.
0: Honestly, I I think I have all that stuff. Um, anywho, so let's get started because this is gonna be a long one. Um, I it might end up being two parts. We'll see how we are on time. Um, but it's just there's so much to get into. I had no idea their whole story. Um, I had never even seen a movie about them. Really? For this, yeah. I wow, I, I just you know you always hear about Bonnie and Clyde and you almost hear think of them as heroes yeah but they did a lot of really messed up stuff that yeah, like in the time people just like overlooked um because of the time that it all took place i mean i'll get into that but this happened between like 1930 to like 1934 and during that time was the great depression mm-hmm. and um and, you know, this was this was a lot of people's drama. This was the tea. Yeah. And the way that the newspapers painted them really made them almost seem like heroes, like sticking it to the man. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll get into this more, but let's just start from the beginning. How about Yay. that? So Clyde was one of seven children born in Texas. They eventually moved to a city that was pretty close to Dallas, like right on the outskirts. It was right over the river and it was always known to be very mucky and like muddy there. Um, there was only one well and only a few places to go to the bathroom there. Wow. It was, yeah, it was known to a lot of people as the devil's back porch. Oh. Yeah. A very impoverished community. Um, just right on the outskirts of Dallas. Okay. Basically, just picture like a muddy campground, and that's what you got. Hmm. Um, so this is really all that Clyde knew from a very young age. Clyde um was actually was a really a small guy. I had never picked I pictured him like being like this tall, like buff guy, you know, yeah. badass dude. No, he was only five and at most 130 pounds at his heaviest wow um so yeah but like since he lived right by outside of dallas it was you know that's bustling there's wealthy people in dallas so he was exposed to what wealth was and he saw what what wealthy people look like Uh uh-huh so He knew that he wanted that and he had really expensive taste. Like he was always into all the designer suits and everything. He just thought that that was the look. And so that's what he just decided that he needed for himself.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So at um, a young age, Clyde and his brother Buck started stealing things. Um, Started small with like chickens, um, but then quickly escalated to armed robbery. Oh, a little bit more intense. And then by the time Clyde was 17, he was already stealing cars. So oh, wow. I guess, I guess Buck was actually pretty intense. Uh, or what am I saying? Buck was pretty good at stealing cars already. Um, and Clyde was always known as being very intelligent. So he caught on super quick and got really good at it. Um, in 1929, Clyde, Buck, and another man actually broke into an auto shop in a nearby town. Buck was shot and then captured, but Clyde had gotten away, and he just, like, went right back home. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, don't you think that they would make the connection? yeah. Yeah, you'd think. Like, hmm, okay, Buck, we caught and shot. Maybe his brother was a part of this, too maybe he <laughs> didn't do
1: it by himself.
0: Right. So I don't know how this happens a lot. It's like Clyde just gets away with it. Oh, yeah. Lot. Um I mean I don't really know what the police presence was like or if this was just common and it's like, "Oh, they got away." Oh, shucks, Or Yeah. If it was in a different town, like um I don't know how it worked with like jurisdictions if it, since he just lives in a different town if that oh, right. mattered. Yeah. I mean this was kind of the crime era. I mean, there was the Great Depression. So people were desperate and just stealing yeah. things left and right. Um, unfortunately, that was the way a lot of people survived. So I think that the police presence, they, they were trying to get a handle on the crime, but it was kind of dangerous at times. And yeah, um, they were just doing the best they could. Especially when they're, you know, they're saying armed robbery. So they're also armed. Mm hmm. Dangerous. Yeah, right. Anyway, let's get into Bonnie. So <laughs> Bonnie um, is from a small town in Texas called Rowena. Unfortunately, her father passed away when she was just four years old. And her mother had to move the family into a small area really close to where Clyde grew up to. Um, even though they grew up poor, Bonnie's mother tried to give Bonnie and her two siblings like as much as she could. Mm -hmm. Um, in this documentary that I watched that was on YouTube, it was really interesting.
1: Um,
0: but in this documentary, I think it was Bonnie's niece. So her mother, so Bonnie's sister's daughter was being, um, interviewed and she was an elderly, elderly woman at this point. Um, she described Bonnie and the other kids as spoiled. Oh, which in the great depression being called spoiled, that's kind of mean a lot. Right. Exactly. Like, and they grew up poor. So their mom just gave them everything. Their mom just really lived for her kids, which is really amazing, especially since her father had died. Yeah. Um, and her mom does get brought up a lot. Um, Bonnie and Clyde is. Throughout this whole time, they are always so close with their family, um, both their mothers and their, yeah, they are just actually seem like really like, likable people, and lovely women. So yeah. I feel bad that, Aww. I mean, we pretty much all know their fate, but yeah. Um, yeah. Like Clyde, Bonnie was very intelligent and also wanted to escape an impoverished life. When Bonnie was 15 years old, she dropped out of school and married her boyfriend, Roy, Who was already a criminal at this point. Nice. So Bonnie had Roy's name tattooed on her. No. This is is like the 1920s. Yeah. That's unusual, I would think. I know. Yes, it was. And not only did she get his name tattooed on her, she got it tattooed on the inside of her thigh. Okay, queen. (laughs) I know. I I wouldn't do it, but... (laughs) You know, Bonnie was really... Painted it as this rebel woman yeah and she did not live by any of the standards you know mm-hmm. she lived her own life she was who she was and it did not really fit the mold of the 1920s 1930s woman um which is kind of badass I I mean, I mean it is yeah. admirable yeah very admir- admirable of Bonnie. Um, unfortunately, she wasn't really, didn't make the best life choices. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that kind of started with Roy because unfortunately Roy was pretty abusive. Um, um, yeah, he would disappear at times without um, telling her where he was going and how long he was going to be gone. Um, and then when she would question him, he would beat her. Oh, God. Um, Right, so one day, um, he left and he just never came back. I think well, that, you yeah, in the documentary, they never really mentioned Roy again. Um, I was looking on the on FBI.org and they were saying that, um, Roy had been arrested for murder and so oh, he was damn. at jail, yeah. So well, I think at the time that Bonnie met Clyde, he was already like in jail for murder out of the picture
1: yeah mm-hmm. interesting I don't remember then, that yeah. that she was married yeah.
0: before right yeah. um they don't really talk about them being him them divorcing at all and they don't really talk about Bonnie and Clyde getting married they probably um, never
1: did like divorce or get married they were just right I don't, was divorce legal at this time like I feel like it was because it's the third twenty thirties, but I don't know. Yeah, I honestly I don't. Let me look it up.
0: Let's look it up. Oh, <laughs> we're off about a hundred years. Way before. Years. It. Way before. <laughs> In eighteen thirty-eight. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because there was always abuse, and you know whatever reason, and this was the nineteen twenties. Yeah. Not that um, long ago, <laughs> right? Yeah, it really wasn't. Like, that's crazy. I mean, there are still like close relatives to Bonnie and Clyde. I don't yeah. know. Um, they probably were babies when Bonnie and Clyde were even around, mm-hmm. but still, um, they can. They a lot of the people in the documentary were ta- telling stories that their parents had told them, type of thing. Hmm. So I don't think there was anyone in the documentary that directly knew Bonnie and Clyde. Um, so anyway, Bonnie and Clyde met when in 1930, when Bonnie was just 19 years old and Clyde was 21. Only a few weeks after they started dating, Clyde was arrested and taken to Waco, Texas. Um, so Clyde ended up slipping Bonnie a note that kind of described his plans of what he wanted to do. And that included Bonnie sneaking in a gun for him.
1: Oh, okay
0: yeah so once again in this documentary they really paint bonnie as this woman that wants to escape this impoverished life Mm
1: -hmm. that has
0: been exposed to all these movies she really liked cinema and she would watch these movies and see these women doing these crazy things and you know she she wanted that for her life yeah. So she lived her life like it was a movie almost, and she acted as if she was the main character. She's a
1: star. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Bonnie did end up sneaking a gun in for Clyde, and he was able to escape. Wow. Um, but he was quickly recaptured seven days later oh, <laughs> and brought okay. back to jail. So Short lived. <laughs> yeah. So Clyde ended up being sentenced to 14 years in prison. Oh damn. Um yeah. So while well, he was so this is actually really upsetting. Um it's just shocking what people endure. I mean, I don't think a lot of people know this this part of Bonnie and Clyde's story, or specifically Clyde's story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also interesting and it does play out like a, a movie. I mean, it starts off as a really sad movie,
1: but yeah. it's really intense.
0: So this is his time in prison. Um, so Clyde. End up, um, let me see. So prisons at this time, they treated the prisoners like slaves. Um, they would literally have them out in the fields doing um a lot of manual labor all day, every day in the hot sun, and they would even subject them to beatings, um, yeah. sometimes even just like for no reason, horrible, just inhumane punishments. And I mean, Clyde was kept with the worst of the worst. Like even though his crimes at this time weren't even that bad, he was put in a pretty high security prison and um they treated him pretty horribly there. Yeah. So like I said earlier, I mean, he was a small dude. Um, and a lot of times we know what happens to small men in prison. Um they're taken in by a much larger man mm-hmm. so he was sexually assaulted by another man oh who was over yeah oh my god he was literally over six feet tall i mean like just towered over clyde um and so he he claimed Ca- clyde as his own oh god yeah Dang. Um, so, like, and you just, like, knowing the story of Bonnie, I just keep on going back to this, because, like, knowing about Bonnie and Clyde, you wouldn't think of Clyde being someone's bitch. Yeah, no. For lack of a better term. They,
1: they <laughs> get so famous, like, be, for being badasses, like, you don't think of that
0: in no. the beginning. No, so anyway, finally, um, Clyde had <laughs> had enough of it. He yeah. created a weapon out of a pipe, and... He purposely walked into an area where he knew that he would be by himself. Mm-hmm. That's where the the his abuser would follow him because he knew they'd be alone. And so the abuser pretty much took his bait. He knew that that's what he would do.
1: Yeah. And as
0: soon as he snuck up behind him and grabbed Clyde's shoulder, Clyde swung around and smacked him across the top of the head with the pipe. Oh, my God. Literally took the top of this guy's head off. Oh! <gasps> And killed him right then and there.
1: That's a lot of, that's like rage, like that. Yeah, you have that much strength in your swing. Like I know, I don't really blame him though. I mean, not that you should murder anybody,
0: but damn. <laughs> well, I know, but he was subjected to that kind of abuse. I I can see it. I yeah. mean, this is it was life or death. It was this was him protecting himself because the the guards weren't going to do anything for him. Right. And this was his only option. I mean, what's he supposed to do? Threaten the guy? Yeah, he would just get beat up, get yeah. killed. So unfortunately, like, I hate to say it, but that was kind of Clyde's only option. other yeah. than just to endure it. I mean, no
1: one's going to stick up for you but yourself in prison, probably.
0: Yeah. Right. Um, so anyway, so this is now murder. He now killed yeah. a man um you'd think that they would reevaluate his sentencing and probably give him life sentence or more you know i don't know yeah maybe. well actually another prisoner that was already serving a life sentence took the blame
1: <gasps> what why yeah.
0: maybe I mean, he felt bad for him oh uh, <laughs> maybe they were friends maybe it looks better for, like it doesn't really matter for that guy he's already serving life sentence yeah and maybe it makes him more intimidating amongst his other prisoners. True, true. You know, like, don't mess with me. I killed a man. Oh, Even my though. gosh. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Um he lucked out. Right. And I think that Clyde just had that way about him. I think he was able to just kind of... I think he was probably a very... Anyone. Yeah, persuasive person. Yeah. Um. So, anyway... Like I was saying, in the prison, they made um, the men work in fields. And in 1932, Clyde was just so done with working in the field. He was he was miserable, hot, just it was it was torture. Mm-hmm. So he was so desperate that he had actually convinced another one of his um, inmates, fellow inmates, to take an axe and cut off two of his toes. What? Oh, so he couldn't work anymore? Exactly. So he didn't have to work out in the field. So he was brought into the infirmary and he spent six days in there. And literally on the sixth day, he found out (laughs) that he was going to be paroled. Oh my God. And his mom had been working on helping him um, get paroled. I guess at this time, parole was not completely unheard of. Like it really wasn't um, like it is today. Yeah. But they were still dealing with um overcrowding in prisons and so people were able to be in the in the program to be paroled. Um and Clyde I guess at this point didn't really have too many violent um I guess I didn't think he was very violent. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they made a mistake there. But anyway, he ended up walking with a limp for the rest of his life because of that.
1: Oh my god.
0: And if, if he, had he had waited,
1: out. like a week, <laughs> oh my god!
0: Yeah, all he had to do was hold out for one more week. But he had no idea. He didn't even know that his mom was working on that. Yeah. Um. So after he got out of prison, he was very, very vocal that he was never going to return back to prison. Mm-hmm. He said he would die before he'd ever go back. Yeah. Unfortunately, with with. Clyde you know his life was being a criminal that's how he was successful he was not gonna earn an honest living Mm -hmm. so when he says he will die before he goes to prison it's like if I get caught they're gonna have to kill me yeah it's not like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna live an honest life like you'd think that he would
1: (laughs) right (laughs) yeah maybe we'll turn things
0: around but no (laughs) no didn't plan on that So, um, I guess, you know, I, there was a little story with Bonnie where she had ended up in jail for a short period of time. It was just that they had, um, broken into, I think like a nearby convenience store or something. And Bonnie had gotten captured and Clyde got away. Um, so Bonnie ended up being in jail, not prison. I don't think just jail, Mm -hmm. um, for a short period of time. And they literally like, I think that it was just different for women. They were just kind of like, you know what? She's going to choose a better life. She's not going to choose to go with this guy.
1: Yeah. Basically
0: decided that, you know, how could this innocent girl um, be, be a threat? She's He's not going to do anything in the prison yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So they just let her go. Um, so after she was Solid. released. Yeah. Right so as soon as her and bonnie or her and Clyde were released um they began their life together their a life of crime um they decided to, that staying in town was not safe for them so they traveled from town to town state to state robbing convenience stores and banks just to make enough money to get to the next place really they didn't mm-hmm. steal a lot of like really hardcore stuff it was really just to get from place to place yeah um basically just living on the road together. Um, they would pick up, you know, um, like being their gang. So it seemed like they had a revolving door basically of just different criminals that would be a part of their gang. Okay. Um, and then they'd all work together to rob these convenience stores. Um, Cause obviously just the two of them, they're not as intimidating as when they have other people Right. Um but it seemed like Clyde was always kind of the leader. It was Clyde and his gang. Um so like we said earlier Clyde got really good at stealing cars and he knew what the fast ones were. Um at this time Ford had just started making the cars with the V8 engines. So that kicked it up a notch. Um instead of a typical car going max like 50 60 miles an hour Mm -hmm. now they're hitting like 80 90 miles an hour easy oh okay so so the thing is um when he would go and um when he'd commit a crime or steal a car he was able to just zoom right out of there and leave the the police officers chugging along behind them 30 miles an hour slower convenience no. Right, so it was just kind of like the perfect storm for them. Like they were yeah. just able to, to just get in there, commit their crime, and zoom out of there. Um. So they often, tra- like I said, they often travel with other criminals along the way. Um, and then he also collected quite a few guns. Um, you know, at this time, police officers mainly just carried pistols, but then he would be there with heavy rifles and. Um, ammunition that was literally made to, um, like go through armor. Yikes! And between early 1932 and February of 1933, they ended up being responsible for killing four men. Oh, um, and you know, I didn't get all the stories on all these men, unfortunately, but I know that one of them was a father that was literally shot in front of his family. On Christmas Day, (gasps) no, and they were just trying to steal his car.
1: Oh, I would have been like, okay, take it, take it, bye.
0: Right, right. Oh, it's just so sad. And then another one was a Fort Worth deputy, and so at this time, shooting an officer of the law automatically meant that you would face the electric chair if you were ever caught. Yeah, dang. Um. This, this is where I get, I get kind of annoyed with people that admire Bonnie and Clyde because, okay, if you're just going around and stealing and like only getting violent when you're cornered is one thing, Mm -hmm. but when you're literally killing a father on Christmas day in front of his family, I just cannot see when that is ever necessary. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, they and like sometimes I feel like they're kind of portrayed as like this Robin Hood couple, but mm-hmm. they really were not. They were doing it for themselves, like being like selfish people. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, no, exactly.
0: They're not giving anyone else a dime. They're not even stealing enough to give anyone else a dime. Yeah, I maybe sometimes they would send money to their family, but that's family. That's not that's not feeding the poor. That I mean, even though their right. families were poor, you know I mean. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, bringing up their families, like I said, they were really close with their families. They often returned back home, even though it was very risky. Mm-hmm. Um, so Clyde actually had a signal for his mom. He would put a note in a Coke bottle and throw it out the window as they were driving by out front of his mom's house. And his mom would find the note, read it. And know like where they're gonna rendezvous, and she'd call up the rest of the family and say, "Hey, you know, I got dinner. I got a whole pot of beans um, that I made up. I let's meet at this park and all get together. The whole family's gonna be there. So by by saying all that, that was like their code for, mm-hmm. oh gosh, Bonnie and Clyde are in town. Okay, let's all get together. Um, just in case, because they were they were pretty paranoid that the phones were being tapped at this point. Yeah." because Bonnie and Clyde were wanted criminals at this point. So that was their, like, little way of get, getting around it. Don't you think so that- if the
1: phones were tapped, the police would still want to show up to these little meetings? Like, oh, if it's such a big deal, like, the whole family, we might as well be watching right. them. I don't
0: know. Right. I know. But I guess maybe the phones weren't actually tapped and they were just being paranoid or... Yeah. I don't know. But... didn't didn't matter they didn't get caught so yeah they would meet in a nearby secluded park and all get together have like a little picnic um and every single time bonnie's family especially her mother tried to convince her to stay um and even clyde was saying they're after me they're not after you please stay oh wow bonnie was so dedicated to clyde and loved him so much that she when go- she refused to stay, she was like, no, I am by your side till the end.
1: Yeah. And
0: that kind of also brought them together. That showed like, wow, this woman really loves me. Mm-hmm. You know, we are meant to be. It was kind Loyalty. of like a Romeo and Juliet. Kind yeah. Of thing. Shortly after the rendezvous with the family, Clyde's brother Buck and his wife Blanche joined them along with another criminal blanche yeah. is just such a cute name it
1: is a cute little
0: name like I french know. yeah the thing except um i always think well like i don't think i could ever name anyone blanche because of zoe's dog's name was blanche oh yes it was yes yeah looks like that's all i think about um but it's still a very cute name cute dog Anyway, eventually they decided to stop in Joplin, Missouri to take a break from the road trip in life. So Joplin, Missouri at this time was a place that was known for bootleggers. Um, For those of you that don't know bootleggers, um, at this time was the Prohibition and people would still, you know, um, bootleg alcohol. And so that was pretty much the case here where the police presence was really high in joplin missouri because they were trying to just bust all these bootleggers everyone that was trying to sneak in alcohol and and illegally sell alcohol um pause was all that historically correct yeah that's what bootleggers were right yes yeah Yeah. prohibition is the right word with the alcohol yes okay I, I want to make Good sure job. So, was saying all that but I didn't actually write all that down that was just like from my memory okay no yeah okay <laughs> um, you can keep that in that's kind of funny <laughs> <laughs> um, we are resuming now <laughs> like I said like I said police presence was very high Um, they thought that the group The group, as in Clyde and the gang, Mm
1: -hmm. were very
0: suspicious. Um, They were kind of thinking maybe they're involved in the bootleg business. They did not really know. They Mm -hmm. just decided that they wanted to investigate um, the apartment. So a couple of officers pulled up to the apartment and intentionally blocked the driveway with their vehicle. And as soon as they were getting out, um, a, a, a hailstorm of gunfire rained on them oh, through, through the garage door. That So of the driveway that was being blocked, not even with the garage door open or anything, just directly through it, just gunfire. And unfortunately, dang. yeah, unfortunately, it killed both of those officers right away. Um, Wow. So the ammunition that they were using, I mean, obviously they're using very powerful guns. Yeah. Um, I mean, nothing in comparison to these pistols that these officers were armed with. Yeah. The ammunition that they were using, like I said earlier, was meant to pierce through body armor. So, I mean, it just flew right through that garage door. Oh, yeah, it had to have. So um the officers that died at the scene. Unfortunately, one of them was just a volunteer. Oh no. Yeah. And then the other one was a Joplin police officer. Um, and ugh, this is so sad, but he was shot so severely that his arm was completely almost completely severed from his body. <gasps> oh my god. So oh my god. I mean, the group got into the Ford with the VA engine and just zoomed right off. Um, So since they had to leave so quickly, that's when they left so much behind. Jewelry, heavy ammunition, guns, everything, including um, several rolls of undeveloped tape, like, um, like photographs. So when they went and got those developed, that's when you see all of these famous pictures of Bonnie and Clyde because they had their own little photo shoot with this, with these cameras. Mm -hmm. They're just so famous and fun and cute. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So one of the most popular photos that you'll see of Bonnie and Clyde is a cheeky little photo that they took of (laughs) uh, Bonnie with a gun, holding, holding Clyde's belt and then holding the gun to Clyde's abdomen mm-hmm. and like they're both like, looking at the camera like haha yeah like haha this is funny I, am i going to shoot him who knows <laughs> um and then another one is of Bonnie this this picture is just insane for the time period yeah and the fact that it was being posted and like these women, other women were seeing it and almost were being like we're kind of shown like hey we don't have to fit in this in this box that everyone puts us in. Yeah. Um so this picture of her with her one foot up on the front of the car, a pistol on her hip, yeah, a cigar hanging out of her mouth. Yeah. And no exactly. Not that. very lady like, pretty no. badass. <laughs> <laughs> um so naturally these photos were put in all the newspapers nationwide. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I mean, this is when Bonnie and Clyde became celebrities, basically. Yeah. People admired them. Um, thought they, that it was t- romantic. romantic. They thought, yeah, they thought, more than romantic. They thought it was sexy. They thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, It's just that these the this couple on the road escaping crime vigilante types even though they're not but it's like sticking it to the man it's yeah. like they're just they're taking their fate into their own hands and if they die doing it so what they love each other yeah but really they're they're like killing people along the way violently right. yeah and, and but people are just overlooking that they're like oh shucks Someone oh, else shit. got in their way. They're just thieves. No. Yeah. Killers. Well, and that was the way that um Clyde thought was just if you're in my way, you're going to die. It's yeah. not my fault, it's yours. If you give me what I want, then whatever. But if you, you try to stop me, you're dead, man. It's a bad attitude. It was a yeah, it was a really bad <laughs> attitude. And he knew he knew that attitude was gonna get him killed someday. Yeah. Um and like for life in during the Great Depression, I mean, it was boring. Mm-hmm. There was not a lot to do besides be hungry, unfortunately. I mean, it's it's the truth. Yeah. No. Um it didn't and it didn't have our you know, a lot of um social media to turn your brain off. No or, TikTok uh, to watch for hours and hours. <laughs> Honestly, I mean. So this was there this was their soap opera. This was, yeah, the drama. Um, and I mean, people still feed into stuff like this today too. Oh yeah. I'm sure if there was a Bonnie and Clyde type character, they would have a fan base, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, So people are thinking that this life on the road was pretty glamorous um they're able to steal all this jewelry getting all this money but they did not live a very high life i mean you're literally living out of a vehicle all the time yeah most of the time probably sleeping in it too and you're just driving all the time on the road um so yeah no it was probably pretty not so glamorous and you probably missed a, quite a few showers uh yeah um a lot of peeing and pooping on the side of the road, I'm sure too.
1: Yeah,
0: cute. <laughs> like at that right. At that point, you're just surviving. You're not having any real life. No. But to them, it's yeah. like really thrilling.
1: Like they it's like an adrenaline rush. So mm-hmm. they don't really see it that way.
0: Yeah, you'd think so, but in the documentary, they're almost saying like it got really boring for them. I mean, this the oh. same thing all the time. Yeah, The thrill of it was kind of lost. Um, and they, even though they had each other, they were kind of getting lonely just being on the road all the time. Stop. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Clyde, being the fantastic driver that he was, um, even he... Anyone is at risk for an accident. Oh, I'm yeah. sure the more hours you put on a road, the stats of you getting into an accident, the chances of you getting in an accident are incredibly high. Mm-hmm. So one day his luck ran out and he did get into an accident. Um well actually it was one one night Clyde took a turn too fast and ended up flipping the car. See. he was literally ejected from the car. I mean, at the time they didn't wear seatbelts. No. So he was ejected and Bonnie was trapped in slide and inside and the car went up in flames immediately. Oh, my God. So Clyde desperately tried to get her out. And luckily, a family had witnessed it and came and helped get her out as well. Um, so they pulled her from the car and her leg was so severely burned. Ooh. Ow. Um, something that you really should go to the hospital for and would probably be in the hospital for for a long time. Yeah. Um this family that witnessed it. Oh so so in the documentary they talk about this and they're like the family that witnessed it saved her leg. They reacted fast. You know they they're like they're very dramatic about it like they're mm-hmm. the reason her leg survived basically like okay. No. No. So what the family did? Was they put baking powder and grease on her, on her leg. Grease? Grease. Yes. Ah. So at the time, at the time, a lot of people thought by putting butter or grease on a burn that you're helping the burn. No, it traps the heat in. It yeah. does not help the burn in the slightest. Oh. It actually burns you worse oh. <laughs> So they're. I do it by putting grease on a burn oh, you were grease. actually oh. probably making it way worse oh ow so who knows how severely damaged her leg was initially but after this treatment I mean it was it was not it's uh not great get any better so um they went on their way now basically um Bonnie is basically crippled at this point she mm-hmm. can hardly move uh, she can't run very well. Um, so, when the officers came to the wreck to investigate, Clyde kidnapped both of them and their vehicle, and drove them. I think like fifty miles down the road. I didn't write that down, but um, they he drove them in the car for a while and then just dropped them off. But then took the took the car.
1: Well, um. No, at least he didn't kill them. Right. Um,
0: so okay. then they ended up... So Bonnie and Clyde ended up driving to Oklahoma to meet Buck again. In July of 1933, the police ended up cornering Clyde and uh, the rest of the gang. So that was Clyde, Bonnie, Blanche, and Buck mm-hmm. Um, in a motel in Missouri. The police were prepared this time they knew that if they were going to go up against bonnie and clyde they needed to have heavier police presence they needed to have uh heavier armor weapons need to line up with with bonnie and clyde's they needed to actually be a match yeah um they so obviously you know this resulted in a shootout um but they managed to escape. They still got away, even though they had them cornered in a motel. <laughs> My God. So how? Escape. But the thing is, Buck at this time had sustained a bullet wound to his head. Ooh. And his wife, Blanche, the glass of the windshield was shot at mm-hmm. and went into her eyes, oh. almost blinding her. Oh. Oh, I have a thing about eyeballs. I cannot. Uh, yeah, I mean now different. we have tempered glass, uh-huh. so that's not supposed to happen now. But at this point, they did. At, at that point, course. they did. So the glass shards will shoot into your eyes. <laughs> Ouch! That's what oh, happened to me, unfortunately. Um. So four days later, they and made it to Iowa. And they got surrounded again. Um, I guess they got cornered into a field. I don't really know exactly how Bonnie and Clyde got away out of this. Um, but they essentially got cornered in a field and all decided to make a run for it. Um, Bonnie was having a hard time with her leg. Blanche literally could hardly see. And Buck had a head wound.
1: Uh, that's not so, a good
0: combo. No, So eventually Buck stopped and he said, I can't, I can't go any further. And I think Blanche stayed with them. That's when Bonnie and Clyde were able to get away is what my understanding was. Mm -hmm. Um, And then so Buck and Blanche got, uh, got captured at that point. Um, Obviously, as we know, uh, people loved the Bonnie and Clyde drama and in general, people People would, when the news would strike that something interesting was happening down the road, people would show up. I mean, we we've seen this more than just one time. Yeah, where people left and right are are just showing up to to see the drama, even if there's going to be dead bodies or public hangings. You know, people always show up. <laughs> yup. Um. So anyway, sure enough, all the townspeople were there t- to see blanche and buck be arrested um reporters were taking pictures at one point a reporter ran up on blanche and you know she can hardly see at this point so she literally thought someone was running up with on her with a gun in her face like pointing a gun at her about to shoot her in the face so there's a famous picture of blanche uh that will post of Blanche literally looking in, into the camera screaming. Like she has sunglasses on and she's looking at the camera screaming because she thought she was about to be shot at. Oh my gosh. Um, wow. So she was taken to, to jail and Buck was taken to the hospital and he ended up dying from his injuries a few days later in the hospital. Oh, for Buck, I mean,
1: it was a criminal,
0: but yeah. Dang. Um. Right, but still. Um, so with his brother dying, Clyde knew that he needed a new gang and he ended up raiding a nearby prison camp and he helped five prisoners escape. Dang. Um, so one of them being a man named Henry, who I will talk about quite a bit later. Um, so at this point, the law everyone nationwide knew bonnie and clyde need to be caught
1: Mm -hmm. um
0: but literally the thing was they only had like town police officers they didn't have like state troopers or anything um so then that's where frank wait i I don't have his full name that's where frank hamer comes into the picture He's a Texas Ranger, and he committed himself to helping catch Bonnie and Clyde. Um, I think that he had affiliation with the prison system. I think as a Texas Ranger, um, you're almost like you oversee the prisons, I think. Mm -hmm. It could be wrong um, at this time. And so he kind of took it upon himself. You know, I'm going to I'm going to catch these guys and. I mean, Frank Hamer had a history of being a badass. He literally, um, his the way that he handled things was he said, like, he was definitely, like, pro-death penalty. Like, he was, um, it's not like he really was, like, oh, heal with love or anything. He yeah. was all about punishment. And he was in the military at one point and had killed, I think, over 50 men. military um and he just um he was all about his country and following the law yeah Um, it seemed like even you know even though he's a good guy like in quotes a good guy yeah he will do anything to make people follow the law and he seemed very aggressive with his beliefs let's just say that okay um Let me find a direct quote from him because there was one that, like, kind of took me aback. So I don't remember the direct quote, but the documentary that I was watching said that basically, Frank Hamer said the best way to stop a prisoner is by a 38 in the gut. Oh, something along those lines. So he was all for using aggression to stop someone like a no mercy it's not like yes yeah Yeah. he was not really much about reform he was not really much about um yeah um any peace he just wanted a law to be followed and people to be stopped Uh um so um One of the prisoners that Clyde had helped escape was Henry. So he had joined their little posse. Um, When they had driven through Texas again, Henry and uh, Clyde and Bonnie. Um, So this, this part gets a little hazy. It's kind of like, I don't think that they ever were able to do a full investigation on it. Um, Clyde and Henry saw a couple of police officers from a distance and Clyde said something along the lines of let's take them. Henry took that as, all right, we're going to kill them. Let's take them. Okay. Um, no one really knows what Clyde really meant. He, Clyde has a history of capturing people and he d- is not, does not have a history of instigating the attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just kind of weird that Clyde would say something along the lines of let's take them. Um well anyway, Henry took this as let's kill them. So he immediately opened fire on them. And they were two police officers on motorcycles. Um and so yeah, they opened fire on them and killed them right then and there, um, resulting in a double murder. Wow. So the thing is the news pretty much completely discounts Henry ever being there. Really? Uh, they think they were saying that it was just Bonnie and Clyde, Bonnie being one of the people that shot an officer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. And the thing is, uh, one farmer says that he witnessed it and saw Bonnie shoot the officer like that was already down on the ground and say, look, Clyde, how his head bounces when I shoot him. Oh, Oh, is this yeah. true? So I mean, I wouldn't put it past they, her, honestly. right. But then they look back at it, like, and they see like from where the farmer lived, where he would have seen it. He was almost over a mile away. How could he have possibly heard? Yeah, uh, heard Bonnie say these things, and mm-hmm. like, and so apparently there were a couple other witnesses that had seen. A taller man and a shorter man approach police officers and shoot them. Taller mm-hmm. man being Henry, shorter man being Clyde. Right. So that's kind of what makes more sense. That's something that wasn't really investigated fully because peop- they were trying to make it Bonnie and Clyde. They were trying to make yeah. Bonnie and Clyde the bad guys. Um. So it's kind of it's it's kind of hazy what actually happened, and a lot of the stories aren't true. Um, so earlier when I was talking about Frank, um, there's actually a new movie on Netflix called Well, actually I think it was in 2019 um, called The Highwaymen, and it's a Netflix original I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it has Kevin Costner playing Frank Hamer, who I I love Kevin Costner. He's like a yeah. badass, and then. Um yeah, so anyway, they um I they I, didn't, I haven't watched the movie yet. I really wanted to watch it last night, but yeah, I have to wait for my husband to watch <laughs> it. So I couldn't watch it last night. Um <laughs> so I plan on watching it tonight. Really excited <laughs> to watch it. Um but what was I saying about it? <laughs> oh, there's there's a scene in the trailer that looks like this what i was just describing this scene where bon where bonnie clad and henry come up on um these police officers on bikes except in the trailer it looks like bonnie is the one holding the gun and doing the shooting oh based off this based off of this story Bonnie's the one that does the shooting so who really knows what happened yeah I, don't know. I mean that's based it, i think it's supposed to be based off like the true story but you know how they always um, make things a little bit more dramatic for yeah exactly yeah. but that's funny that they did this in this movie because this is what's happening in real life during this time mm-hmm. in 1934 this is what's happening is they are taking the story and in embellishing it to make to make Henry, not even a character. Who the heck is this Henry guy? We don't care. We care about Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, and they they're were the ones main characters. Yeah, exactly. And they're the ones that are committing these crimes. Bonnie is Bonnie is um, heartlessly shooting this police officer, and yeah. so I mean, they're making this story and changing it. The media is doing the same thing. So, anyway, um let's continue.
1: <laughs> well, there's also in I've seen the original like 1967 Bonnie and Clyde. And then there's a new one um, from a couple years back that they're both really good, but both of them depict Bonnie as like, and I don't know how true this is picked um, both of them show her, like she saved all the clips about her and Clyde, like in the newspaper and like, she loved the fame and like loved that
0: part of it. And I don't know how true that is, but something like that's that. very true. It oh. is true about Bonnie. Okay. Um, I don't know about her saving everything, but I do know that that's kind of what she, based off of what everything says about her, mm-hmm. um, that she likes that attention. That's what she wanted. She wanted to live her life like it was a movie. She wanted to be a movie star. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what this life was for her. It was an exciting, adventurous life. And she often wrote poems and would send them home. Um, or when she was in jail, the very first time she was in jail, she was in there writing poems. And really? they and they used the same language that would be used in a movie. Um, very much main character energy. Yeah. <laughs> that was Bonnie. <laughs> that was her. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so in May of 1934, Bonnie and Clyde saw their families for the last time. It seemed like they knew it was going to be the last time. Mm -hmm. Um, and that the end was coming soon Clyde's mother had told him that she was waiting to buy a gravestone for Buck because she knew that Clyde would be dying soon after and she didn't want to spend the money on two gravestones Um, so she was planning on burying her him and Clyde together so for her to not even bury his brother yet because she's like you're just gonna be next yeah like as a mother like to say and think that that's insane i can't so clyde clyde literally told his mother to engrave like his response to that was um asking her to engrave the phrase gone but not forgotten on the gravestone of course yeah right that's what he wanted live forever in memory right exactly but that's so like for that a mother to be telling her son that and then him to just be like okay i want you to put this on my gravestone like he's just agreeing with it it's not like like no comfort at all like
1: i'll stop mom or
0: he's just like "Yeah, yeah i'll definitely be dead soon she's not yeah he's like he's not acknowledging the gravity of what's going on Mm -hmm. um Mm And then Bonnie shared a pretty morbid poem with her mother, um, basically saying that her and Clyde are going down and they're going down together. Um, They're, she knows that their end is coming soon and that it's, it's this love story where they're going to die together. Um, So anyway, here comes Frank Hamer again. He took upon himself to follow Bonnie and Clyde and figure out their path. Um, so basically, you know, he's one town behind him. And when every single time they mm-hmm. go, you know, he's kind of following their track of destruction. Um, and let's see. So I lost it. So he finally, Frank Hamer finally caught a break. When he ran into Henry's family, so Henry—well, he didn't run into them; he tracked them down. Yeah. So Henry was yeah. the guy that was part of the double murder, and he was talking to them, and he was able to promise the family that they would, um, basically forgive Henry for anything he had done for all his crimes, if really, um, if they helped him get Bonnie and Clyde. Wow. So now this Henry dude who broke out of prison. um So whatever he was in prison for in the first place, I don't know, and then broke out of prison, and then helped assisted in a double murder. No matter yeah. what, he was there. Yeah. Um. Is now just gonna get off free get because off free. helping him catch Bonnie and Clyde. But that's that I mean, mean quite, that's but okay right I know it's like I mean this guy could be just equally as bad who knows Um, but anyway the family made this this deal with Frank um, and uh, yeah that Henry would then be pardoned so Frank so um, like we said earlier with Frank's intentions behind uh, Mm -hmm. whether or not he was ever going to take Bonnie and Clyde in he knew Bonnie was or Clyde was never going to go to prison. He yeah. knew that yeah. it would result in a shootout and he had no intentions of ever taking Clyde to prison. He said no. Sure. He's this is just going to end with Clyde dying basically. The trial is um, done and over in his head. <laughs> right, exactly. No no trial needed. He's done. Um and the thing is, I mean to kind like if this is the only way that people can not be hurt and um, you know that he's already going to be put on the electric chair anyway. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. It's so hard because I c- I can kind of see Frank's logic with all of this. If yeah. this is going to save more people, maybe that is the best way to go. Um. So anyway, after they saw their family, Bonnie and Clyde um, made plans to meet with Henry, and he was going to meet him at their family's place or at henry's family's place on wednesday may 23rd at 9 a.m so frank formed a posse of men um and they all ended up going into the brush on the side of the main road that clyde and bonnie and clyde would be driving it on mm-hmm. And, um, they instructed Henry's father to pretend like his truck had broken down on the side of the road, because the thing is they need it. They know that Clyde is going to be flying down the straight highway yeah. and they need to make sure that he slows down so that they can get a good shot at him. Um, so around 9 15, Bonnie and Clyde made their way up this road. And from a distance, you can hear this V8 engine driving up the road. Um, As the two pull up on Henry's father's truck, they slowed down. And one of the deputies that was with Frank took two shots and hit Clyde in the head. The car immediately went off into the ditch. And that's when Frank and the posse just completely unloaded their weapons onto the vehicle emptied their clips um by the end of the shootout the car was riddled with over 150 bullets wow so obviously they did Um. not make right they did not make it out alive um so then descended the true crime fans i mean oh they exist now they exist today yeah back then Um, so people flooded the scene. I mean, these, these are celebrities. I mean, this is, this is history right here. I mean, it was 1934 and I'm talking about in 2022. So, I mean, it meant something. Yeah. Um, So anyway, people came to the scene and everyone wanted a souvenir. We've talked about this before. People are just crazy about saying I was there. Look what I have. Mm Mm-hmm. People were cutting off bloody pieces of clothing oh. off of the body. Oh. um, I can't believe police
1: then. Like, sorry. I can't believe police then, like, didn't block it off. Like, they did nothing to stop people from doing that kind of stuff. Like, it was just, okay. Yeah.
0: Yes, you need to look up pictures because it's insane. There are people just crowded around the cars, crowded around these these dead bodies now. Um. Uh, one man was caught attempting to remove Bonnie's wedding ring. <gasps> Another man attempted to take a pocket knife and cut off Clyde's trigger finger as a souvenir. What? Wanted to take a finger. Why? I don't know. It's just like, I just, I could not believe how many people had made it there that quick and people I mean, yes. just are willing to, like,
1: put their hands all over a dead body, like, defile a dead body. Like, even if they were,
0: like, terrible criminals, like, oh, my God. Well, that's the thing is, it was, like, there wasn't, like, an outcry against what Frank had done. Yeah. Um, it was just kind of, like, but... People weren't necessarily mad at Bonnie and Clyde either. It was just kind of like, okay, this was this is the end of that story. What's next, K- kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but so then, unfortunately, um, Bonnie's mother and Clyde's mother had to come out and um and yeah. identify the bodies. Um, it was very sad. Um, just because they were so riddled with bullets um yeah i mean clyde had suffered the head wound immediately um and i think he had died instantly who knows about bonnie i don't know they didn't talk about that at all yeah um so they ended up having a huge turnout at their funerals um everyone wanted to catch the last glimpse of bonnie and clyde um but unfortunately they were buried in two separate funeral or in two separate cemeteries yeah um because they had different family plots and the family couldn't afford to buy them one together Mm -hmm. um even if they could i don't think bonnie's mother would have let her because they she said um bonnie's mother said he had her in life he cannot have her in death oh so Even though Bonnie's mother, it didn't seem like she was openly against Clyde. I think that she always blamed him um, Mm -hmm. for that. When listening to um, Bonnie's niece, so the sister's daughter. Yeah. Bonnie's niece says that she admires Bonnie for everything that, like, for, for her dedication and love for Clyde. But that she will never forgive her for the torment and pain that she caused the family. Wow. Um well, yeah.
1: That, That's traumatic for sure. Right. Um
0: so yeah, unfortunately, um they only, I mean, they only gonna be together for four years from 1930 to 1934
1: wow and they spent that whole time just wasting their lives really right i mean not great things
0: so the way that the documentary ended was basically just describing that um bonnie and Clyde entered in right during the true crime era because Mm -hmm. i mean at this point there were so many gangsters coming up um with And there was prohibition going on, and there was a lot with, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like the old-timey criminals. Um, and so police really, at this time, got together and formed better police forces and a better system. And this really sparked more police presence and more training in the police force yeah to really get a handle on the crime that was going on in all of the major cities during this time because because of all the underground stuff that was going on and and the gang issues that they had going on in every city yeah um so yeah so after this they th- like Bonnie and Clyde kind of came in at the like in the middle of it all and then kind of helped with the closing of it all too they were the first ones i think to go but shortly after that, like all the big, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like mafia leaders, basically. Yeah. Um, we're all being big taken out. mob, the mob. The yeah. Bosses. Right. Exactly. Um, uh, cause this is when they were like all really big during the great depression and prohibition era. So,
1: so what was the name of the documentary that you watched?
0: Yes. So the name of the documentary is, I, I, got it off YouTube and it is, uh, the American experience, Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. And then other information that I got was off of FBI.org. Nice. So I'm going to end. I meant to, I just, you had me scroll up. Um, cause I meant to mention my sources before I started everything. Oh. Um, and I forgot to tell my intro story. So I guess it's oh. an outro story now. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, let's let's end this on a lighter mood. Okay. Um actually it really does not matter now. This is a horrible <laughs> way to end it. Um <laughs> tell it anyway. So my whole point was that I've always known of Bonnie and Clyde. I've I just didn't know their real story and actually how heartless they could really be. Yeah. Um, I mean, for Bonnie to support a man that could just heartlessly kill people mm-hmm. and for Clyde to heartlessly kill people. I just could not believe, um, that this had actually happened. Cause I always just yeah. thought it was like a sexy little love story. Um, so at college, <laughs> I, um, had two groundhogs that. <laughs> huh? Lived... <laughs> yeah, I know. You're like, where is where this is going? This is like... <laughs> you never know what's going to come out of my mouth. Literally. Um, <laughs> two groundhogs that lived right out of my uh, my dorm. And <laughs> they were the cutest. Um, and so I named them Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> and I literally I would like be on the phone with my mom and I'd be like oh Bonnie and Clyde are out again so whenever I hear Bonnie and Clyde I think of those groundhogs (laughs) um that live outside and there was so Bonnie and Clyde made a baby and they were the best (laughs) little parents to this little baby groundhog oh so one day I'm walking um out of my apartment or out of my um dorm going to class and I look over and I see um, the baby groundhog in the middle of the field just by itself. And like, I was up on a Hill, like looking down on this scene and um, I see Bonnie or Clyde. I I just assume it was Bonnie, Bonnie <laughs> off to the side, just minding her own business. And then all of a sudden I hear this horrible screaming, no. like, like high pitched screaming. And I'm like, what's going on? I see Bonnie booking it to the baby and i'm like what's going on and i see a hawk swooping <gasps> down trying to snag the baby up off the ground no! and bonnie's like no not my baby and she's running <laughs> and uh and she got to the and the by the like third swoop the hawk still hadn't like grabbed it not yet it. and so bonnie had gotten to the baby and and shooed the hawk off um but yeah so anyway oh my um, gosh those are much She's, that Bonnie's a very good mother yeah <laughs> so, what so could have that... been <laughs> yeah so what could have been with Bonnie her and Clyde could have had a happy little groundhog baby but they didn't <laughs> <laughs> but they <laughs> couldn't leave that life a crime yeah oh
1: yeah. my goodness <laughs> so,
0: anyway yeah I guess that story really has nothing to do with anything <laughs> that I just talked about but... but that
1: was a good story
0: <laughs> <laughs> alright well on that note I'm Casey. Um. Well, actually, oh, so, <clears throat> um,
1: so yeah, I already started on um a case for next week. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that can be out um without having a week or two between this one. No, we've been so. Bad. Um. So I don't want to like. I'll I'll tell you when we're done recording, but um, it's kind of a conspiracy theory. this one so this person i want i'll leave you guys to guess maybe who it is um this person their death was ruled an accident but there's like a huge conspiracy theory that they were actually
0: murdered so that's what we're gonna do and you'll find out who it is next week all right i'm I'm excited to hear it yeah all right well then on that note i'm casey i'm emily and you just heard a sprinkle of sugar a dash of murder